0: Welcome or welcome back to the Bicultural Identity, a podcast created from the experiences unique to young Asians raised in a Western society. We're your hosts, Connie and Jenny. Our weekly episodes contain conversations around social issues, pop culture topics, and nostalgic childhood memories that are significant
1: in our lives as second gen Canadians. Welcome back, guys. Sorry for our unannounced break last week. Life is crazy. <laughs> yeah, there's been so many new things going on, and one of them is very, very relevant to today's episode. Jenny, do you want to announce what it is? Yeah, I also wanted to celebrate briefly. I'm back to my good microphone,
0: very good times. Woo! Um, but our episode today is Eastern versus Western pet parenting, mm-hmm. and on that note, I now have the experience to speak to this because <gasps> I have a dog.
1: <gasps> Oh, my God. He's it's so right funny. Here rolling. We spoke this into existence because maybe only, like, three, four episodes ago, we were like, maybe <laughs> we'll have a happy announcement in the future, and Jetty finally gets her dog. It happened, uh-huh. guys. It happened. It's a
0: struggle. Every day is stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, like, he's pretty good. His name is Patronus because I'm a <laughs> Harry Potter fan. But, no, he's good. He's settling in, and it's just the occasional stress from, like, rescues, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So let me see if I can get him to say hi. I think you guys might have heard the sniffs. <laughs> we'll
1: see in the audio pickup later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he didn't bark because he can get pretty mm-hmm. crazy when he does. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, how did you want to structure this episode, Jenny? It's really an open discussion
0: between, I think, a lot about like parenting techniques. And I I think it, like, encompasses a broader... Like, it's broader than just Eastern pet parenting, I think, because Mm -hmm. honestly, like, there are only a selective cultures around the world that are very, like, what do you even call it, like, technical or Mm -hmm. textbook-based for, like, pet training and, like, all these things. And, like, yeah, like, Canada is one of them. Um, But... And then the other piece I want to talk about is just like specifically when I googled like pets in Asia or whatever, there was so many articles that popped up about the pet industry in China. So we can talk about that a bit a little, like a little later. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just going to be like, I guess, talking about like some of these pun intended or pun unintended, I don't know. But some of my largest pet peeves with with other cultures is like pets, you know? Yeah. So I thought we would kick this off by... um, Taking a look first at what another, like a typical search about pet parenting comes up with in um, searching from my phone, my account on Google mm-hmm. in Canada, right? Mm-hmm. So the articles come out with classifications. There's like, they say the super parent, where your dog is like a full fledged member of the family and their mm-hmm. health, comfort, enrichment are like part of the one of the biggest priorities in the family, right? Mm-hmm. And then There's the active parent, so that's, like, the hiking and, like, the adventures, the traveling. Yeah. Um, They said there's the trendy parents, so this is where you get more of, like, the influencer dogs or influencer cats or, like, any other pet, you know? Mm -hmm. There's the helicopter parent, which (laughs) is you treat them as if, like, they literally are attached to you and you're really overprotective of your animal, basically. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: There's the neat freak parent, which is you, like clean all the time you're organizing you're tidying like you keep all their stuff put in one place and like you want to make sure you know your couch doesn't have fur on it <laughs> all that stuff and i i realize we're going to be talking largely about cats and dogs in this podcast mm-hmm. as like the dominant you're discriminating like other, domestic honey yeah like sorry for everyone who likes like you know amphibians and stuff like those are really cool mm-hmm. i just don't have enough experience i don't think Asia has that much experience, yeah, which is what our work. <laughs> yeah. um, so, those are the few that they listed, which is interesting. Which one do you identify with the most? Um, I think like a lot of my ideology is falling into the super parent without being a super parent, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, even in the past four weeks that I've had Patronus, I've done a lot of reflecting along the way. And I think a lot of people, when they first get an animal or, you know, it applies to getting a child too. You basically want to have everything be perfect for them Mm -hmm. and you want them to be like, you know, um, on their best, like not even best behavior, but basically behave in the sense where they can have their chance at success in their life, in society and everything. Mm -hmm. But I've kind of like grown into as long as we have a strong enough bond or whatever, that's enough for me. Like, I don't... Like, I, I at first, I was really frustrated when he was barking at people, like, charging squirrels, and I realize now, like, that's going to take time, and it's just part of, like, being a dog, right? Mm-hmm. But I also think super apparent in the sense where... Connie knows this, too. I've done hours and hours of research into <laughs> um, pet food and, like, cooking dog yeah. food. Um And that is, like, kind of more of an expensive thing to take on if you look in all the supplements that you need to put on. But I do think, like... As someone who likes cooking and thinks like, why not? You know, like it's much better for his stomach. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not a judgmental pet parent, but like it's just my personal decision. So that's kind of like where it falls into that category. That was a long rant. How, how tedious is it to
1: actually like, cook food for your dog?
0: It's not. Like you really just need an instant pot. The problem with cooking is that it's super stressful because dogs need like a very specific type and amount of nutrients, mm-hmm. and it doesn't come with like cooking food so you need to have the right amount of veggies protein and carbs basically um, yeah. or grain and like with my research too you need to add like extra calcium extra multivitamins and extra joint so that's what i've been so it's saving just, like, a my shells for <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so like i don't know i i think when you talk to most vets they don't recommend you do it because you have to be like so precise about it but we'll but you're see. dedicated yeah once you get one recipe, you just repeat it, right? mm mm-hmm. um, But basically, I think the interesting piece here is that most of these do apply to a certain extent to what I picture as, like, Asian pet parenting. Or um, actually, I wouldn't say, like, okay, this is going to be really offensive. Is that bad? <laughs>
1: no. Um, or, <laughs> I okay. mean, it could be, but I don't
0: think it is. Yeah. Um, it's, like, a way to introduce, like, what we're talking about, right, for the differences. hmm So... I don't see them falling into that category of, like, the behavior of a super parent, right? Where you're focused on health, comfort, and enrichment. And, like, mm-hmm. not in a bad way. Just, like, it's not, like, the I would way have to the agree mindset works. Mm-hmm. And then active parent, too. I don't fully agree with that because there are just so many crusty little white dogs Ugh, um, crust. in Asian families that are not active. Sorry. Mm-hmm. But I think the last two do work. Like, the trendy parent, like, the influencers, you know? Mm-hmm. And the helicopter parents. <laughs> so the negative ones. I don't think it's like,
1: ne- none of them are seen as negative. Oh, okay. I guess there's like, it's like your personal choice on what kind of pet you want to exactly. have in your life. It's
0: exactly that. I think, um, you know, for the most part, people still want what's best for their, their pet. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think regardless of what you do, like, some some behaviors can add more anxiety and all fairness mm-hmm. to your pet's life, but I think it's, like, the whole thing about toxic parenting, too, right? Like, the parenting community and everything, it lies in both children and pets. It's, like, people like to compare way too much. That's true. Um, it's, like, so stressful when people start talking about different ways. Now that I have a dog, like, everyone suddenly thinks that they can tell me how to train him and everything. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, conversation at work with friends, everything. And it's just like, as long as you're trying to advocate for your pet and
1: what makes them most comfortable, then just like roll with it. That's a really good message. I think Mm -hmm. the same applies for like parenting as a whole, right? It's like the world we live in likes to guilt parents into thinking they're a bad parent just because they don't do a certain thing. And there's like Mm -hmm. no cookie cutter, good parent model that you have to follow. And it's, like, depending on the temperament and personality of your pet or child, like, something else might work better. Like, super parent sounds so good, but is it really realistic for all pet types or Mm -hmm. children? Probably not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the biggest thing, I think, as
0: a bicultural person is, like, and with, like, my background being Chinese or East Asian, is that one of the things I do acknowledge that you know, the East Asian society at least that I can speak for is behind on is like their pet philosophies. Mm -hmm. Um, And it comes with, you know, like it's just the way relationships work in the culture between animals and people. And I can list a few of my like initial thoughts, I guess, and we can kind of like unpack that, I guess, Connie, if that works. Sure. So the first thing um, to go with is that one, like rescue Mm -hmm. pets are definitely not a thing. Very, Mm -hmm. very rare.
1: Yeah, I feel like everyone gets it from breeders. Like, they really want... Yeah. In Asia, they really care about, like, the appearance of your pet, right? And, like, we do too here, to be honest, like, all the Instagram mm-hmm. pets. But in Asia, it's, like, so much less common to rescue dogs. Like, everyone just gets it a breeder. Yeah. They're like, I want a Shiba Inu. I'm getting a Shiba Inu.
0: I'm very much keeping myself, like, apolitical here. Not even political, but, like, mm-hmm. not commenting about breeders. We'll leave it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Connie's already heard my rants about yep, it. Yeah, anyway. I fully agree. Yeah, so basically I think rescues are not big there because there's like an underlying culture of like, of not wanting to adopt, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, there's a whole other layer of that that we can probably talk about in another episode and make so an interesting, interesting episode topic. Yeah. Um, so that's like one thing. But the on, at the same time, in China, like people seem to just pick up stray cats on the road and keep them. So that's like a weird reverse psychology thing. Like they don't have rescue centers, but they'll like feed so many like people will feed stray cats for a while Mm -hmm. in the neighborhood and then they'll just like take some home. (laughs) That's so accurate. Mm-hmm. And they, like, do the whole vaccine thing themselves at home. It's so strange. Wait, really? Um, how Like, do they buy it? Yeah, you can, like, feed, like, inject You them? can, like, feed them some sort of vaccine thing. I don't really know how it works, to be honest. I think it is easier for cats if they're house cats because you only have to, like, do it once, mm-hmm. technically, for,
1: like... You can probably do it more, but, like, if they don't get too much exposure, then, you know... You know how, like, having indoor and outdoor cats is, like, a controversial topic here? Mm-hmm. And do you know if, like, in Asia are indoor cats even a thing like or do they let their cats roam wild? yeah well i think in cities in urban areas it's
0: all indoor like all cats are indoor okay. but where you get outdoor cats and outdoor dogs is like when you get to rural areas yeah. right because then they just like hang out in the community and in the village um and it's like so a lot of common. dogs like i've seen there are k-pop idols that have been roasted yes for they're just like kept GD, outside you know
1: on a rope or something yeah so like
0: A lot of dogs in Asia are just, like, outside on a leash. Mm -hmm.
1: And then, like, I've heard of stories of, like, dogs... (laughs) Oh, my God, this is not going to, like, help with the stereotype that Chinese people eat dogs. The reality is, like, in certain parts, that does happen a little bit. Yeah, in rural areas, especially when they're, like, when they actually
0: need, like, when they want to eat food. You know, like, you get um, poor people that come through the area and
1: they need, like, Mm -hmm. protein. So... I do know a friend whose dog, like outdoor dog, got stolen, and it's like literally a scene yeah. when that happens that your dog probably got got sold for like me, yeah. which is really sad. Yeah,
0: but I that's okay. That's my other debate because I love dogs, like I'm obsessed uh-huh. with them. But also, if you like look into enough about animals, pigs are just as smart as dogs. Oh, for you sure. You know, and it's like this weird double standard. It definitely
1: is a double that standard
0: yeah it's just like it's unfortunate like but i think we're over glorifying a human's role in like having a subservient animal basically mm-hmm. um and it's just like okay if you choose to have a dog as your lifelong companion so be it but if you need food and you eat one i'm kind of sad but like so be it you know like i i kind of like get sad now when i eat pork
1: too yeah just <laughs> i mean eating animal meat is like it's how humans have survived we're omnivores right and i do support like veganism vegetarianism all of that but it's just like i don't think there should be like it's racist to think that just because a culture eats certain types of meat that aren't normalized here that we have to judge it or say it's wrong although i do think there's a line drawn Mm -hmm. like that story just talked about where like my friend's dog literally got stolen i think if someone had like a pet pig let's say it's not okay to steal their pet pig and eat it yeah people still will though unfortunately (laughs) so like i think that's where the line (laughs) is drawn and also i i like i still get where we're coming from because i think all around the world dogs are like probably the animal that are considered like the closest friends to humans they've been evolved that way yeah so like they've been domesticated for a long time and i think that's why there's Mm -hmm. that stigma But, of course, it's still, like, racist to, like, condemn people for it, I think. And it's, like, important to note that China as a country also condemns it. I think people often miss that. Like, there have been dog-eating festivals that are, like, shut down and are illegal now, so. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Like, that's another interesting topic
0: I kind of wanted to address, which is, um, like, questionable uh, rescue marketing here in Mm -hmm. North America. Yeah. Like, in Toronto, there's a famous rescue that... I have a bit of a pet peeve around because they specifically rescue Korean dogs, but they always talk about how they're coming from meat factories. Oh my God. And like, I don't know. I think, like, I understand that you're giving the animal another, like, better life, like a way, <laughs> a way better life that they very much deserve. But I also don't like the attachment of like a country mm-hmm. onto the issue. Yeah,
1: I agree. You could say mm-hmm. they're from meat
0: factories.
1: You don't say they're from Korean meat factories.
0: Yeah. So on that note, like, apart from rescues and everything, I think one other interesting piece that um, is taking East Asia a bit of time to get used to is, like, frequent vet visits and, like, pet health requirements, right? Because so much of East Asian pet parents are the type of helicopter parents Mm -hmm. that treat their dogs like they're humans, and dogs are not humans, right? Like, they're never going to see the world the same way as you. Yeah. They don't need the same things as you, but they actually sometimes need different things from you. Mm-hmm. So what frustrates me constantly is I think they don't visit a vet. Like, it's obviously not going to be, like, a yearly checkup thing for most. I'm going to just say, like, mm-hmm. for most pets. And at the same time, they feed them, like, whatever the heck they want to. Yeah. Like, I've talked to this um, person once where their relatives fed their dogs, like, restaurant. Like, they would take the dog to the restaurant with them, and the dog would eat with them. So sus. And they, like, it was, like, supposed to be a funny story. Uh They said it was, like, oh, the dog is so spoiled. And then in my mind, I was, like, that dog is going to die.
1: Yeah. You definitely, like, when you visit China, like, I've seen people... Feed like stray dogs or like dogs on the street, or, like random food, and it's like way more normalized there to feed dogs like that come to your dinner table. Like when you're eating, you can just give them a bit of what mm-hmm. you're eating, so yeah, yeah, which obviously isn't healthy, but
0: <laughs> I don't know. At the same time, I think, like, okay, so in China, it's more like I'm talking China specifically because I've been exposed to a lot of dogs mm-hmm. there or like a lot of pets there, and okay, I genuinely think like cats are pretty similar world like around the world okay, because I agree. they own us right like they own us and we're not like, <laughs> they know how to take care of themselves significant yeah themselves. <laughs> um, but with like with dogs i'm sometimes like very cautious because they do have like territorial behaviors uh-huh. because of how spoiled they get like it's not like you know I-, I think we talked a lot about negatives but it's not like the owners are intentionally yeah like um mistreating their dogs they actually spoil them like they see it as spoiling Mm -hmm. and then when you like approach these dogs sometimes they can be very territorial very misbehaved Um,
1: i think we mentioned in a previous episode that like we love dogs but when it comes to like when we visit china it's a little scary encountering unleashed dogs on the street
0: yeah like some of them can kind of come at you on an elevator or something which okay patronus had done that once Uh but in all fairness i told the lady to stay away and she didn't listen to me (laughs) But yeah, like, I don't know. I think it's like the good and the bad of North American pet parenting. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: The good is like people kind of understand if you're drawing boundaries. So like a lot of people have actually asked me if Patronus is friendly or not. And while he's very friendly with the family, he is not friendly with strangers right now. Mm -hmm. And they're like perfectly accepting of the answer. But then there's like, you know, a few people who don't listen and then they get like, a bad reaction. He starts lunging and barking, right? And it's just like, it's your fault then at this point. And, and you're stressing out. I my feel my bad for Patronus.
1: Like, why is he unnecessarily mm-hmm. stressing himself They stress him out yeah. so much,
0: right? So then that's like more acceptable here, I think, to tell someone that they can't play with your that's dog. That's true. But also at the same time, we talked about the parenting community and how, like, for example, when I adopted him, I had to do almost like five hours, I would say, of training mm-hmm. on how to take care of a dog and there were so many rules to remember mm-hmm. and it was meant to like help him settle best and I agree that it helped a lot mm-hmm. but it also was like very mentally draining yeah. to try and like to feel like if you missed one rule you would doom your your dog mm-hmm. and after four weeks I've come to like the steady acceptance that missing like one rule will not for sure do our it's chances of be becoming best friends yeah
1: yeah um I guess this is just a the moments kind of pass but you were saying how in China it's less acceptable to like tell someone hey my dog isn't friendly maybe you shouldn't like approach him but like I have to say there are a lot of differing opinions in like training your dog like you said here and I've seen fights happen on the street because someone wouldn't let them touch their Mm -hmm. dog it's like what the heck so it is like a thing here too and building upon how there's like different training strategies here and I think there's a lot of judgment too. Sometimes I'm on TikTok for a good time, like cute pet videos, and I go to the comments Mm -hmm. and there's literal fights about how to train your pet. And it's like, what the the heck? Everyone feels so entitled or something. Mm -hmm. Just my little rant. That's a big thing. But
0: also I think that with training it's interesting that we see it differently like for example for people here a lot of people see training as like a non-reactive dog is best mm-hmm. right like they're comfortable with their environment they're comfortable meeting people blah 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 and then in asia they like to have reactive dogs that protect yeah and that's true guard right yeah.
1: so they almost encourage that behavior sometimes mm-hmm. um yeah it's like different cultures and there's like no right or wrong but mm-hmm. i do hope patronus is a non-reactive dog after a while I agree. I agree. So
0: um, we can kind of switch gears and talk quickly about what's happening because we talked about how like people in East Asia are generally helicopter parents Mm -hmm. or like spoiling their pets. And there are literal like uh, figures to go with this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the China pet industry specifically grew at a 49.1% from 2010 to 2016. So within six years. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it continued to grow 32.8% from 2015 to 2020 or something like that. Yeah, And basically, like, people are just dropping mad cash mm-hmm. on their animals, which does not surprise me. There is, like, offerings for a lot of, um, like, for example, one of the examples they give is high-end cat houses and how, like, people in 2018 were spending, you know, $310 on each dog for their food annually, Whoa. which is only like, it's only like a, because in America we do $440. Mm-hmm. But if you think about like American food prices compared to Chinese food prices, people are really spending on their dogs. Yeah.
1: They're splurged They're so close, there. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like just associated with Chinese society in general and how they like to like spend a lot of money, you know, capitalism. They mm-hmm. really take pride in being able to afford the most expensive products and i guess that extends to their pets as well Mm -hmm.
0: i think one thing they do need to continue regulating though and we talked about this a bit is like the breeding Mm -hmm. because um the aesthetic in east asia at least for dogs is like the really cute like flat face aesthetic i find or not dogs, sorry for cats for dogs for anything Mm -hmm. like folded ears flat face round face very cute yeah And this is like a topic I'm very passionate about because the problem with those breeds is that they have like very soft, I don't know what they are, like ligaments or whatever, like the things that keep your ears up. Mm -hmm. But basically to have like the folds and everything, you have to create really soft ones while breeding and that goes throughout their body. So their joints suck, everything sucks. Like Mm -hmm. it's just really sad. And um, not to call him out like this because he used to be my bias, okay? But like BTSV is like a, An example of this (laughs) where he has a really really adorable pomeranian Mm -hmm. um but again it's like a breeded pomeranian right and he recently i think i saw a video of him talking about how he struggles with like his Pomeranian's health issues and it's just like well maybe you should have (laughs) done more research into ethical breeding or something
1: your opinion on breeding is coming out i'm gonna get canceled no oh by bts fans maybe (laughs) but what you're saying is not wrong like it's what mm. I think about pug owners too. Even though pugs are super cute, mm-hmm. <laughs> French bulldogs, all those breeds.
0: There's like those crazy stats on how a ridiculous amount of pugs die from choking on their own tongue yeah. or from overeating, so that their spine breaks from the weight of their oh fat. Oh god, no! And like, it's so sad. You should not like. Sorry, like I, you're adorable, but oh,
1: oh my. Yeah, it's sad.
0: Sorry, that just got really.
1: <laughs> yeah. People care too much about the cuteness and aesthetic of their pets and don't think about health consequences. Also, corgi mm-hmm. tails that are cut. I could go on and on. Yeah. Cutting tails, clipping ears, etc., etc. Okay, let's end this on a more positive note. Did you have anything else to add, Jenny?
0: Um, I don't know. I think in general, I I just I still think that everyone wants the best for their pets and It's, like, I I think we've drawn a bit from both philosophies, right? Like, a lot of my personal beliefs on feeding fresh food comes from my Chinese background. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just want to make sure I do it right rather than just giving them, like... Anything you're eating. Like, a lot of people, like, bones or a chunk of meat. Yeah. Um, And I think that's, like... That's it. Like, you can draw from anywhere, and, like, everyone's too opinionated about certain things, but I just want people to, like... If anyone's listening... I don't think we have the right to judge other pet parents fully, but as long as you're advocating for your pet and making sure that they are comfortable mm-hmm. in their lives and that's like enough, you know.
1: Well said. Mhm.
0: What about you, Connie?
1: What about me? Well, this was your episode to shine because for the past few weeks I've like observed Jenny and how she cares for Patronus and obviously he's a new rescue with like a few issues sometimes, but I think the philosophies jenny's Jenny has drawn are already working so well, like I don't know, I think like you can calm him down really well and that he was able to feel comfortable around our family at the very least very, very quickly, which is like so big. My biggest fear is like in getting a rescue, like what if they freak out in their new home mm-hmm. for the first so little while, but that didn't happen so
0: i that reminds me of one of the struggles, which is like the creating philosophy is really popular here. Mm-hmm. But, like, the amount of debates we've had with, or I've had with our parents about creating, because it looks unethical, right? Yeah. Um, and that's, like, the, the like,
1: spoiling, like, cultural mentality, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. On, so, like, like, what's
0: good, what's bad.
1: Ob- yeah, obviously my parents want what's best for the dog, but they just think that creating isn't it. But mm-hmm. everyone has different opinions on, like, why creating is important or not good, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think Jenny's doing a really good job. I think this episode was really interesting because... As much as I love pets and I love animals, I am not someone who has done a lot of research into this like Jenny has because she's been so dedicated to, get it, to getting like a dog in her life <laughs> as soon as possible. So honestly, the best person to do an episode like this. And it was very informative. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. I'll get my recommendation then. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go for another webtoon. And it's actually like, so it's, uh, I believe it's a Canadian webtoon because I've seen the Canadian flag in the illustrations. Oh, yeah, it's called... Okay, this might be a very niche recommendation, first of all. It's called Brass and Sass. For the longest time, I would look at this webtoon illustration, like the style, and I just wouldn't want to read it. Mm-hmm. However, if you were a band kid... <laughs> just go for it it's like so wholesome i was indeed
1: a band kid and I it makes me miss
0: it. it makes me miss band like when they go to like these competitions and they all like are borderline about to fail epically we all relate to that yeah. come on like <laughs> but no it's really wholesome and cute and like the um main lead she's like super i don't know super positive and just like it's a feel-good webtoon to read
1: oh well, I'm definitely going to check it out now. I want to reminisce about yeah. high school band days. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that was a really brief recommendation because our episode is a pretty long length right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. That was a very
0: uh kind of scattered, I think, idea because we, w- we went off. Um, by the way, we have no internet right now, so we went off like zero notes. Um. <laughs> Except like my one loaded page on my phone. (laughs) Luckily we had that. Those Chinese pet industry stats and like the types of pet parents. (laughs) But um, yeah, hopefully we did the topic justice. There's so much more to unpack. Yeah, we should do a part Um, two. And then a Patronus If analysts get
1: angry, we'll just keep going. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll post cute pictures of Patronus or something. Oh, yeah. To make your (laughs) week. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed our discussion on this week's topic. To hear more, you can subscribe to The bi Identity on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. While you're at it, we'd also greatly appreciate any reviews on iTunes, or simply sharing our podcast with your family and friends. But of course, no pressure. As well, any opinions and experiences discussed are solely based on our own experiences as second gens. We invite you to engage with us on our Instagram, at The Biocultural Identity, where you can also find the link to our website with our show notes. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to tune in next Monday for our next episode. See you then!